everyone, I'm Brandon Odo. And I'm Brian Bowling. And this is Critical Care Scenarios, the podcast where we use clinical cases, narrative storytelling, and expert guests to unpack how critical care is practiced in the real world. Hey folks, Brandon Odo back with Critical Care Scenarios and another Turbo. I wanted to continue the theme of some of our recent episodes, looking at some of the nitty-gritty micro-skills of vascular access and bedside procedures, um, probably with a focus on central lines, although this applies to many others. We've talked about things like uh, using the tip of your guide wire to help guide and orient yourself through the vasculature, Um, but I wanted to focus today on the specific topic of safety involving guide wires. Guide wires, as you'd find in uh, procedural kits, such as a central line kit, are, are pretty safe devices, but there are some considerations that I think are important to reflect on um, if you're going to do a lot of procedures and you want to keep yourself safe, the patient safe, and those around you safe. First topic to look at can be shearing off the tip of your wire. These guide wires are um, usually a, a, a coiled elastic wire over a somewhat stiffer core. They are reasonably durable for the purposes for which they are intended. However, you can transect one if you tried hard enough. And generally, this would come up by passing the wire uh, in the opposite direction to a sharp cutting needle tip. Now, if you think about how a Seldinger technique is meant to be done, what you're going to be doing is passing a wire down forward, sort of back to front, antegrade through an introducer needle. This is no problem because the wire is passing from the sort of dull end of the needle tip to the sharp end. However, if you imagine going the other way and pulling the wire out forward to back, the tip of the wire is passing over the sharp edge of the needle. Now, if it passes straight down the center, there should be no problem. But if you can imagine some kind of bend or kink in your wire, you can probably imagine how that would pull an edge of the wire against the edge of the needle. And again, most of the needles we're using do have somewhat edged cutting tips. They're not um, rounded with just a a point on them. So it is possible if you pull a wire out of an introducer needle, you could end up cutting off a portion of it, partially or even completely. And you don't have to posit some kind of kink in your wire because so many of the guide wires we're using have J-shaped tips. So you always have some kind of a radius there that helps that to happen. Now, will this happen every time you pull a wire out of a needle? No, certainly not. And if you have a a spare kit laying around, you can play with this, and you can see how typically pulling a wire out of a needle does work, but you do feel it catch, and if you orient things just right, you can also see how it wouldn't be that hard to end up shearing it. So this gives way to a number of principles and uh, you can apply these you know, at the bedside however you wish. But the most important principle is just to never pull a wire out of a needle. Now, do I follow this rule religiously? Does everyone? No. Um, if you did, what it would look like is every time you accessed a vessel, passed a wire in, and then if for some reason you had to pull it out, and usually this would be that it wasn't feeding well, it was getting caught up somewhere, such as hitting the wall of the vessel, And you fussed around, you tried to get it to pass, but you couldn't, so you had to sort of back up a step and take the wire out. You wouldn't do that. You would withdraw the wire and the needle simultaneously 
as a unit because then there's no risk of damaging your wire. This would be the safest way to do this and just have that as an ironclad rule. Again, do I always do this? No. The middle ground here, if you have a lot of these under your belt and a really good feel for the right amounts of resistance, is that you can gently try to retract your wire and if it passes very, very freely, then you don't sweat it. But if you ever feel any resistance, that's when you should not try to pull past it because that resistance is probably you starting to damage your wire. The only caveat here, and I hesitate to even mention it because someone's probably gonna get in trouble doing it, but if you really want to try to retract a wire uh, and it's giving you resistance, you may be able to get it out using the, the trick we mentioned before where you sort of stretch or extend the wire in the palm of your hand to straighten the J out. This is most often done when you want to insert it into the needle and you don't have one of those little plastic cheat tips on it. Um, but if you do that, even when the wire is in the needle, it still will extend the tip and perhaps that will be enough to free the tip up and allow you to with, retract it without resistance. Um, again, I'm not even necessarily recommending that. And certainly if I were, it would just be to try it and then see if you free yourself from resistance. And then if you don't, you just got to take the needle out. Some people extend this concept and say you should never retract a wire out of anything. So this would include, say, a dilator or um, the sort of stiffer tips that you use in intermediate steps and uh, various other Seldinger kits. Um, I think this is probably a bit much. It's good to avoid retracting a wire if you can. So an example would be a sheath with a removable stiffener kind of core, like a, a micropuncture kit. There's just no reason to retract the wire out here. All you have to do is unlock the core and remove it and the wire at the same time. Why take the wire out first and then the stiffener? It's two steps and it does introduce this theoretical risk, even though it's hard to imagine you're damaging a wire with one of those tips. So when you can avoid it, do avoid it, but I don't worry too much in these other situations. Is it also a little safer with a straight wire? Probably, um, but the same principles apply. The other time you, you might manage to damage a wire would be with your scalpel when you were performing a skin nick prior to dilation. Um, you're you know, doing a plunge incision in the same hole as the wire, and in theory you could damage it. Uh, I have heard people using a technique where they leave their introducer needle in place pass your wire, and then instead of removing the needle, make your nick with the needle there, which sort of protects the wire and probably also makes it easier to see the hole, which you can sometimes miss. Um, I don't really do this. I don't love having the needle sitting there, maybe moving around, damaging things. But most importantly, I don't really think there's a, a real risk here. It, it, it's just not really plausible to damage your wire this way unless you're doing a, a very strange technique. Um, so some people do worry about this. I don't really. Okay, safety issue number two is wire migration, AKA losing it. Uh, this is probably one of the most commonly uh, considered risks of guide wire usage. And you know, this does come up, not often, but I'm gonna make up a statistic, maybe once a year at bigger centers. Somebody is placing a center line and they manage to lose their guide wire in the patient. And what this means is uh, the wire passes below the level of the skin, past where you could retrieve it with your fingers or some simple device. And then somebody who's capable of 
entering the vasculature to retrieve stuff, most commonly IR, has to go and snare it for you. You probably have an x-ray showing the guide wire somewhere ridiculous, and then you have to tell everyone how this happened. And what people usually relate, the story they tell, is that the wire abandoned them. It eloped. Um, it was captured by the flow of venous blood and under its own power moved itself towards the heart. Does this ever happen? Well, I can't prove to you that it never happens, but I, I think it's safe to say that this happens rarely enough that it's, it's within uh, the margin of error of never. It almost never to never happens. Guide wires don't get lost this way. And I'm including most of the cases where people think they got lost this way. I'm not saying they're lying, but people don't realize what happened. Most of the time when this happens, it's sometimes a novice, although most often not. They're being careful and someone is probably observing them, but kind of journeyman proceduralists, maybe like a, a fellow, someone like that, um, someone who's done enough of these that they have confidence, but not as much caution anymore. And what happens is you push the wire in. Usually when, at the stage when you're advancing your catheter over the wire, and you skip the step where you have enough wire out the back end that you can grab it and pin it and then advance your catheter over it. You just kind of jump ahead, push the catheter forward, and then the wire goes with it. Now, people don't think they did this. And that's why I, this is a situation where I think um, these stories being told are not always reliable. People don't remember what happened. They just look down and the wire is gone and they go, oh, the wire left on its own. They don't realize it was them. If you've watched enough people do these lines, you realize how common it is for people to get to this step and then not think about this additional issue of having to capture your wire. I think it's exacerbated by how far people tend to insert their wires. They're so excited that they got themselves into the vessel and that their wire is passing in, they put almost the whole thing in there. And then when they get to the next step where they have to dilate and then place their catheter, they just have to pull it out again. You have to back it out until it comes out the back end of your catheter, which is kind of a time waste. Um, but it probably adds to this risk too, because if you don't do that, then you won't get wire. If you never insert too much wire to begin with, other than avoiding extra time and coiling up your wire in the RV, uh, the wire is going to be there on its own. You insert your catheter, oh, there's your wire. Even if you don't grab the back end, it's probably not going to get pushed in, uh, but it's also a visual reminder to do that. So wires get lost, I'm sorry to say, because of you. And the way to avoid losing them is not necessarily to be paranoid about holding on to them, but to understand how it happens and avoid that step. Now, I do think it's reasonable as a teaching tool to teach people to always have their wire in their hand, pin it at all times, and treat it as if it's something that's going to wander off. But it's probably not what's going to happen. It's just a useful way to get people kind of in the paranoid mindset that the wire is theirs to lose. Um, but, you know, at, at a certain point in these, um, it's probably also good to liberalize your thinking and understand what the actual risks are so that you can appropriately triage them. I'm very happy to 
take my hand off a wire during one of these procedures and I have really no concern about it. Is it possible in some patient that a wire could move on its own? I don't know. Maybe tremendously hyperdynamic flow. You made a giant hole. Somehow the wire is just catching that flow just right. Maybe maybe you have them sitting way up so gravity helps. Maybe you pushed a ton of wire in so it's almost there already. Honestly, I I still don't believe it, but I guess it's possible. And it is true that if you make a big hole, the wire passes very freely, but it still doesn't usually move. So I'm not gonna tell you uh, what can and can't happen here. I'm just gonna tell you what generally happens. And the real risk is you inserting your wire past where you should have, uh, and the at best very theoretical risk is the wire moving on its own. Can you use the wrong end, the back end of a guide wire? for your procedure. What I mean here is if you take your usual, say, center line guide wire that has a J-shaped tip, can you or should you ever use the back end, the straight end of the wire to insert into a needle and guide your procedure? Um, you can. It's probably never as safe because the tip is sharper than the rounded radius tip of the appropriate end. It's generally the same material, which is soft, and therefore it is sort of safe. Um, if you're ever going to do this, I would certainly be more cautious, go slower, um, and make sure that the angle your wire is entering the vessel is really quite shallow, meaning more and more parallel and flat to the vessel. Um, if it's coming in steep and you know that it's going to be hitting the back wall of the vessel, that's really what those J's are meant to do well and bounce or skid off of that atraumatically. Whereas this straight tip is not going to do as well. It needs to have a very flat obtuse angle to the vessel to, first of all, to pass at all. But if it doesn't pass, the risk here is that you could perforate it. And if you're coming in at a sharp angle, even with a relatively soft wire, especially if the tip of your needle is, is pretty far in, so there's not a lot of room for it to flex after it leaves the tip, that's when you should worry about backwalling the vessel with your wire. Not the end of the world for a vein, not a good thing for an artery, but even for a vein, bad stuff happens this way because the step after you backwall your vessel with the wire, probably don't realize it because you thought that it passed in, oh, with a little resistance, is that you then dilate through the backwall your vessel and then maybe place a catheter through the backwall your vessel. Then your catheter is not in the vessel, you're infusing pressors into the mediastinum or something, you've screwed up that vessel, it's not a good thing. So be careful if you're ever going to try this. Maybe confirm your wire after by visualizing it. Um, and most importantly, just consider what you're trying to accomplish here. This is not usually a necessary step. Maybe with the rare exception of uh, such a tiny vessel that you can't fit the diameter of the J down it. Uh, not common for central lines. Sometimes maybe for a peripheral line like a midline pick or something like that. Um, but Usually if you're having trouble with wire passage, it's none of these things. Sometimes if you manage to kink a portion of your wire towards the tip, you could try to use the other end and it could be somewhat more useful. You'll have to deal with the J maneuvering stuff over it at the back end. You're pretty closer to it being easier to just not doing it, but there are edge cases where you might want to try it. Next issue, dealing with blood and wires kind of slapping around. The one problem when you have a lot of wire free and out and flapping in the wind 
is that they kind of have a mind of their own. So they do tend to come coiled in little sheaths these days, which helps corral them. But once your wire is out, such as you remove it from the patient, or if you've taken a portion of it out, or maybe you've, you've taken a second or a third attempt, um, the wires are kind of all over the place and you need to give them some mind. And the two most important risks are, first of all, to sterility. When you have a lot of wire out, it's very easy for it to reach and touch something that is not sterile. So for instance, I just said, don't insert too much of your wire. Maybe you're doing something like an IJ. Leave enough of it out, you can put your whole catheter in without having to back it out, great. But that does mean there's gonna be you know, over a foot of wire out and you need to make sure it's not gonna touch you on the neck, touch you below the waist or somewhere else that is not sterile. The other point here is what the wire is doing after. You need to be somewhat cautious with these things. They tend to fling around and they're all covered in blood now. And it's easy to splatter yourself or others, maybe on mucous membranes, without meaning to. Um, another great time to do this wire adjacent is if you're ever uh, maybe doing a, a fluid column, measuring the pressure in the vessel with some tubing to check if you're venous or arterial. And you could even do this with the the plastic tubing, the sheath that comes with the wire, take off all the little bits, plug it into the hub of your uh, catheter or the angiocath, hold it up. Good technique. Careful when you take it off. Great way to fling blood around because there's often no back end on these things um, and it will splatter. Don't make this be the time you have to go to the ER because you contaminated yourself or someone else. Last point I'll make is about disposal. Um, it's always kind of a pain to get rid of these wires. You should consider them a sharp, so they probably should go into a sharps container, but we just talked about how unwieldy they are. I've seen a million methods for dealing with these things, and none of them have ever worked out great for me. You can put it back into the plastic sheathing, which then makes it hard to fit into a sharps container. You can um, wrap them around things, you can tie knots in them, you can clamp them. Um, if you just kind of stick it into sharps containers, they tend to poke out and then you're like, oh, I'll double it over. And then it like springs out and splatters you with blood. I think I've yet to find the ultimate solution here. What I tend to do nowadays is double them in half and then tie the whole thing around itself in a knot, which seems to make it a package which fits reasonably well into sharps containers. Just make sure that you do it in such a way that it's not going to spring itself out of the knot and again, leap across the room. All right, that's probably all we need to say today about guide wire safety. Um, maybe we'll have a couple more of these talking about some other um, underrated aspects of procedural skills, but we'll call that good for now, and I'll talk to you guys next time.